What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. This morning on Fantasy Football Today in 5 on our live stream, I was saying, hey, happy Sunday, everybody. What's up? Welcome to the show. I didn't wish anyone a happy tight ends day. And what a mistake that was because the tight ends were out today. Three of them scored 22 or more points. Travis Kelsey, I thought he was going to get a record, but he did not quite get a record for yardage for a tight end. 179 yards, not bad. 35 PPR fantasy points. That's an okay game for Travis Kelsey. I think actually probably 35.9 if I had to guess. Uh, And we welcome you to Tight Ends Day here on Fantasy Football Today. I know Dave's in a good mood because we didn't have any horrible injuries today. We didn't have any game-changing, fantasy-changing injuries. So, Dave, you should be very happy for the next hour and a half. No, not going to be that long. Hour and 15. We, we didn't have any game-changing injuries, but we did have an illness that forced a rookie to apparently miss 54 of 64 snaps. When's the last time an illness sidelined anybody in the NFL, especially when he wasn't on the injury report with an illness? He was made active before the game, or I guess I should say he wasn't made inactive before the game. And then he he sits out the entire second half until the very end of the game. And then he's in and then he plays. Don't get me started on Arthur Smith and B. John Robinson today. I I don't want to hear. I, are are I'm, we I'm, I'm pissed off about it. Dave, you're supposed to be happy. I think you missed the intro. Yeah, I know. Um, right? Are we are we buying the illness? No. Or? Why? Okay. So we're just totally don't believe it at all. Because that's I, where I am. I believe it. I mean, I don't no, know. They, I, of course I, you believe gonna, it. You believe everything. <laughs> I do believe everything, but I have no reason to think okay. that it wasn't an I, illness. I have some questions then. Okay. Let's go. What type of illness do you stand on the sideline with your teammates, go into the huddle regularly, go out on the field as a decoy and not touch the ball, 
go back in the locker room with your teammates, come back out on the field with your teammates, stand like so you're not contagious. It's obviously not a stomach bug because you're not running to the bathroom. Well, and then you were able like what what is it? I, I mean, look, he could have he could have had he could have had like flu a flu or something, you know. And then you don't then you're not with the team. Go away. But if he if he's punished, getting punished for something for violating a team rule, then why would they play him for ten snaps? Why would they use the? Because it's pretty embarrassing. Why would they use the roster spot on him? Why wouldn't they just make him inactive and call and promote someone else? Why wouldn't they use that roster spot for someone else? That's a waste of a roster spot. It's an excellent question that he wasn't asked after the game. The very first question of the oh, press conference headaches. was about it. Headaches. And apparently. Arthur Smith said. Bijan wasn't feeling like himself, so they wanted to be cautious. Arthur Smith talked up the depth that he had at running back. Again, like you were saying, why not just make him inactive? And then Arthur Smith said at the end of his answer, I'll have a better answer for you tomorrow. All right. Well, people are saying in the chat headaches, so we'll we'll see if we can get into that. What is it? People are saying it was headaches, so we can look into that. But maybe look- it could be headaches, and maybe that's actually what happened. And I hope he's okay. But I wonder if he broke a team. <laughs> Schaefer's rule coming in. What do we got, Schaefer? What do we got, Schaefer? So, so Bijan took one of the snaps at the end of the game. It was like the third last play. The last, yes, one of the last. Yeah, that was his only touch game. of the game. Yes. Yeah. So you can't. You he's not sick. Come on, like, he could have had a headache. He could have had got a headache. Better. All and right. then they do play to play and it hurt again. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's talk about it more could, positive. It could be things. headaches. We've seen that before. Remember Terrell Davis in the Super Bowl? Yes, absolutely. Migraines. What happened to him. Scotty Pippen. Huh? Okay. Uh let's uh let's talk about more positive things here. Heath, who's the biggest winner? I thought Dave, like Dave, Mr. Happy Dave. He's like, bleh. So Heath, who's the biggest winner this week? Well, no, I think it's I think it, we we would have been in the wrong to not start the show talking about that. It was the biggest story of the day. And I, I want to be very, very clear that I'm not criticizing Bijan. And if he was sick or if he didn't feel well, yeah, I have no ill will at all towards him. I was not minimizing it. If he has a headache, headaches can be awful. So I, I just want to be clear on that. Um, I love all three of my winners for completely different reasons. I'm going to say Puka Nakua is the biggest winner because the the question got flipped on its head. Like the question has been, well, what happens when Cooper cup comes back? Well, yeah, Cooper cup's going to be a top 12 wide receiver, but is Puka. And then last week we had the questionable game from Puka. And then this week it was all him. And he made one of the greatest toe tap catches. I can remember. Um, I, we were talking about it last week and in the last two weeks on the dynasty show, we've had Matt Waldman and Matt Harmon on talking about Puka. I mean, that's all what, what you talk about with Puka every single week. And I've got him in my top 12 in dynasty already, which seems ridiculous wow. considering, but what, what's the argument against him? It's the I greatest it. start ever to a career. Yeah, I yeah, know you got to buy it. Wow. You're able to statistically back up that it's the greatest start ever to a career. I think you are, right? Yeah. That can happen. That can be said. Yeah, it's the most yards. I mean, it's yeah. got to be. It was after four or five weeks. I would assume it is. I, I don't know that for sure, but it, it, I, I think it's I'll the most verify yards. By, I'll verify. I'll have more information on that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, he is a winner. Um, all right. We have a buy or sell from, from an audience member. I, I asked on Twitter. Let me see if I can find it real here. It's from uh, real quick. Nutel says buy or sell Puka is better than cup rest of season. I don't buy it, but I do love your, your, uh, hazelnut spread. <laughs> um, I think it's a coin flip. 
goodness. I mean, does anybody like? Do we remember what Cooper Cup did in his first two games back? He was over a yeah. hundred yards both games. In seven Google, catches. Google was over hundred yards. One of them wasn't he? In, I, I don't believe know. he was. It, but Cup last week had seven catches for one hundred eighty-eight yards, one hundred forty-eight yards at a touchdown, and Nakua had a bad game. I'm not going to say Puka is better than Cup, I'm not but. saying it is. I'm just saying this week in the projections, I had Cooper Cup fifth and Puka Nakua sixth. Yeah. Start so I'm both. not. It's not that I'm saying I think something bad happened to Cup today, except that Puka's might be just as good as him. Okay. Uh, Dave, uh, Dave, who's your biggest winner? I, I look at winners and losers a little differently than Heath. I like picking players that have fantasy value increase or decrease, make people feel better or worse about them. Let's go with Josh Downs, who, uh, once again, with Gardner Minshew, just continues to get a lot of work and some great numbers. Uh, he finished the game, six targets, five catches, 125 yards, a touchdown. Fun play for the touchdown early in the game on a 59-yard play. He's he's making things happen in this offense, and I think we can look at him as, at worst, a bi-week replacement at wide receiver, but absolutely somebody who should be rostered in every league and maybe even started as a, as a number three receiver in PPR. The number one waiver wire priority, I think, for will be for a lot of people. Forty four percent rostered. It's the, it's the, it's, what do you mean? It's repeat week. I don't know why right. nobody's we're, picking. We're going up. back to Di Mercado. It's got to be Amari uh, Di Mercado. No, yeah, just I, dominated maybe. touches. Maybe, but so you know, even got smart. Just in time for one of the toughest runoff defenses in the league. Yeah, you could always go back to Daryl. You could always go to Daryl Henderson or Royce Freeman. They're 32 and 23% rostered, respectively. Waiver wire in a little bit. All right, uh, Dave, who's the biggest loser this week? Uh, our winners were Puka Nakua and J- Josh Downs. I'm sorry, Dave. We have to do that. Yeah, that was time. really bad. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think Zach Moss, even though the the snaps were pretty close, including in on third and fourth downs, uh, I, I think that he's a loser. Jonathan Taylor looked a lot better. Obviously, better numbers. If you started Moss over Taylor, that's going to stink, but now you know who to start the rest of the season, and it's not Moss. Okay, but I, I I get the sentiment, but Moss did have a lot of work in this game, and they split very evenly. I Played 51% of the snaps, 8 of 15 on third and fourth downs, and they split each of the two snaps inside the 10. I, I was going to flip this one. If Dave hadn't had Moss as a loser, I would have had Taylor as a winner. Yeah, and I But I do think it is a loss for Moss. Yeah, because Jonathan Taylor looked like Jonathan Taylor again, and we didn't see that the first two games. And if Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor, then Zach Moss is not getting 19 touches a game. No, twice as many targets for Taylor than Moss. Three catches for 45 yards for Taylor. One catch for five yards for Moss. Yeah, no, it was a good, it was a better day for Taylor, and and I, I get it. But Moss has had a tremendous season. He's he's a big part of their offense, yeah. and I do wonder. If Taylor is going to be a top twelve running back, I mean, they ran the ball so much today in a shootout, and they're going to want to run the ball a lot. That's clear. But um, you know, I I don't know that Moss is going away. So Jonathan Taylor, top twelve He's running. He's going to go away from our fantasy lineups. Okay, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, top twelve running back, rest of season, buy or sell. I think you can buy it. Um, yes, buy. Matt really liked my my loss for Moss. Oh. Which is kind of interesting because it was a splat for Matt in the podcast league. <laughs> wow. Right. He, he faced Jonathan Taylor. Oh, very good job, Heath. Heath is a really good trash talker. Uh, who's your biggest loser, Heath? Talk some trash to someone else. <laughs> um, the the Green Bay Packers, the entire organization. Oh, my goodness. Um, and 
like fairness, Jordan Love, he threw a second touchdown pass. So his interception only knocked him down to 19 fantasy points. It was, he might even be a top 12 quarterback this week, but just a disgusting performance against the second worst defense of all time. They might be the third worst defense of all time after this performance. Uh, might have moved up a little bit in the all time DVOA rankings. Uh, AJ Dillon led the team both in rushing and receiving yards. No player had more than five targets. Yeah. Um, they didn't throw it downfield very much until they had to, and then it was an interception. But this was just a gross... It was almost like they thought, you know, the Broncos are terrible. Let's see how few points we can score and, score and still win. Let's let's see if we could win with 17. Did you see the second touchdown? Oh, yeah. Romeo Dobbs throws a pretty bad pass to Romeo Dobbs. Goes through Dobbs' I actually, hand. I actually didn't hate the pass. He's side-arming it. They're near the goal line. It's I think it was inside the five. Yeah. Uh, Love side-arms it. Dobbs has it bounce off his hands up into the air, and uh, Reed is right there to pick it up for the or to catch it for the touchdown. Not pick it up. That would suggest that it actually fell and hit the ground. You can't do that in the NFL. But Jaden Reed with the Johnny on the spot touchdown to make the stat line look better for Jordan Love. They were ugly in the first half. It was dink and dunk all the way. Really tough to watch. And then when Jordan Love did try to uncork it, there were a couple of decent throws. There was one to Christian Watson that was nice. But, uh, man, it was it was just not – I don't think it was what Jordan Love wanted to do. And the coaches really wanted him to, to kind of be reined in four different players with at least five targets. But just frustrating. It wasn't good. And then Christian Watson got hurt at the end of the game. D- Dave, you're not looking at the box score, right? No. Okay. There were 10 Packers who caught a pass in this game. 10. Yeah. This is exactly what they wanted. How many of those 10 players do you think you can name? I think I could name like seven. Guys, let's know. Okay. I get it. Mark Chamura. He's he's QB7 right now, by the way, for the week. Ben Sims caught a pass. Okay. What position does he play? Isn't he like an H back? Come on, Emmanuel. Let me, let me speak Emmanuel, things up. Emmanuel Wilson, Emmanuel Wilson is a backup running back. Let me Musgrave got hurt. Do too. they have a single must-start player? The Packers. Zero. Aaron Jones. No. Aaron Jones played thirty-four percent of the snaps, both the, the inside the ten snaps. But yeah, AJ Dillon pulling off a Christian McCaffrey type of performance. I don't believe that. Um, Aaron Jones is healthy. I think it seems pretty. He clear looked good on a couple of runs, yeah, but you're probably but, right I if mean, he's playing a third. Who cares of the how snap. good he looks? The fact is, he's not. He's barely playing. He needs to be playing, and he's limited in practice all week. And you know, and and when the uh, floor was asked about him, he was kind of wishy washy on him. You know, he's looking okay, getting better, that kind of thing. So we have a buy or sell about him a little bit later. We can put it off. But yeah, bad day for the Packers. I, I will say this about the Broncos, though. They have been so badly injured on defense. They are finally getting healthier. Just this week, they took Baron Browning off the IR. Okay, they're getting back to themselves. Last year, they were a really, really good defense. I don't know that they're the layup matchup that we thought they were. They've held the Chiefs to 19 points and the Packers to 17 points in their last two games. Things might be changing. Uh, well, they get the Chiefs again next week, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right, those are your winner, your biggest winners and your biggest losers from Fantasy Week 7. Uh, Want to uh, promote Sportsline. We have great content from all of our writers on Sportsline. Please check it out. Um, he, just give me a real quick, Heath, give me one piece of content that we can find on Sportsline from you. 
my weekly projections every single week on Wednesday and updated every time I updated them. That includes this afternoon. I don't update rankings after 1 p.m., but when we, when DK Metcalf was ruled out, I updated my projections for the Seahawks so you could see how JSN compared to Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, those guys, and whether you wanted to start them over those guys. Um, fully updated projections, and you can get it all for $1 for the first month, promo code Heath. There you go. Dave has a promo code Richard. You can find his content there, too. Go to sportsline.com and make it happen. Today was t- uh, National Tight Ends Day. We had the big day from Kelsey. We also had a two-touchdown day from Mark Andrews. We had Darren Waller with a big day. Seven catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. We had Dalton Kincaid with a big day. We'll talk about him a little bit later. And you might pick up Gerald Everett. He's had a touchdown in two straight games. Not a ton with it, but... He got hurt also. He did. Yeah, you're right. He did. Left the game with I think a quad. Um, all right, maybe you're not picking him up. Some weird stuff from Week 7. As Heath already mentioned, A.J. Dillon led the Packers with 34 receiving yards. Deontay Foreman tied two career highs, three catches, and three touchdowns. Both tied a career high uh, for Deontay Foreman, who had a big game. Gus Edwards, this may have been the weirdest thing. Gus Edwards had an 80-yard catch. If I took 80-yard out of that and I just said Gus Edwards had a catch, it may have surprised you. (laughs) But it went for 80 yards. Bigger surprise. Gus Edwards had an 80-yard catch or the Lions' defense looked like the Lions' defense from 2021. Uh, Yeah. I don't. I do not believe there is an NFL defense that is going to stop the version of the Baltimore Ravens offense we saw today. We got to talk about the Ravens as a. They were spectacular. They, they their defense is playing great this year. Lamar had a huge game, and Jerome Ford. Another weird thing. Jerome Ford had his second carry of sixty-nine yards for the season. News and it went very much like the other game. He had a sixty-nine yard carry. Yes, it did. <laughs> uh, he got hurt too, though. So that's a big injury. We'll keep an eye on. News and notes. Uh, Bijan wasn't feeling well, maybe. I, I believe him. Deontay Foreman left in the fourth quarter, but he did return. Did, did, did Bijan say that? I don't know. Can someone, Schaefer, can you look into the headaches thing? All right, look into the headaches thing. We'll see if we can find out. I didn't know he spoke. I'm sorry. Uh, Saquon Barkley hyperextended his elbow. He played through it the entire game. He said he'll be fine. Uh, Jerome Ford left with the ankle injury. We saw Pierre Strong come in and get a lot of work after Ford left. And obviously, Kareem Hunt had another nice game. Uh, Deshaun Watson, so this was interesting with Deshaun Watson. He was playing horribly. He leaves, gets checked for a concussion, clears the concussion protocol, and they decided to keep him out just to protect Deshaun Watson. And they've already said he'll start uh, next week. To protect the offense from yes. Deshaun Watson. We've got we've got the word from Bijan himself. He said it. He had a headache. Okay, I'm sorry. Started feeling it last night. Said it was, he felt weird. Woke up, was completely out of it. Tried to take medicine. Head was hurting. Didn't know what was going on. Um, I take back all of my questions. <laughs> yeah, you guys were really out of line. I mean, no, I was questioning Arthur Smith, not Bijan. I know, but I don't know. Um, okay, I guess. Well, again, like if you if you knew that Bijan wasn't well, why why activate him for the game? And then if he really wasn't well, why put him in for a random snap or two in the fourth quarter? I mean, we care about these guys. We want them to be healthy, but... what well, was a headache. He wasn't going to re-injure it. Uh, but if, if, it, it's, <laughs> if it's bad, listen, there's migraines and stuff. We had a boss once who had these unbelievable types of headaches. I forget what they're called, but he said it felt like somebody was like putting like a hot stick right in his eyeball. Ooh. That's how bad the headaches were. If, the, if it was ocular, that bad... Ocular migraine? <laughs> 
Yeah, whatever it's called, Dr. Razor. Look, I, I think that, that Bijan Robinson, if he wasn't feeling well, man, it's it's fine. Don't play. We get it. We understand that things happen. But it's just strange how that all went down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, we just got some big news here. Nick Bolton, Chiefs linebacker, dislocated his wrist. That is oh, yeah. that was an ugly play. Yeah. That's a bad one. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Christian Watson left in the fourth quarter in some pain, hurting his knee. Luke Musgrave left with an ankle injury. And no, these were not the reasons why Jordan Love struggled. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was used in the Wildcat, I saw a few times. Could have been a lot more. I don't even know. I didn't actually see this. I just saw it in uh, some notes that Jerry Judy left in the fourth quarter. Any up, Any news on that? Did you guys see that? I saw him go down. It didn't look like it was a contact injury. I uh, well, We'll see. Maybe there's an update from Sean Payton. Uh, Washington lost some key players in this game. I actually don't know if their offensive lineman, Sadiq Charles, came back. It didn't look like a terrible injury, uh, but he left, and uh, one of the reporters said it was Sadiq Charles, probably their best offensive lineman, and the commander's offensive line is just awful. Awful. That, that uh, was one of the weird things you missed. What? The Giants had more sacks in this game than they had coming into this oh. game. Oh, I, I, total? I don't know if this is true. They had about six sacks in this game. They had five coming into this game. Oh wow! What what do you got, Dave? I I don't want to say it. I need to get it confirmed before I say this. All right. Uh, Washington linebacker Next. Cody Barton left with an ankle injury. Uh, Patriots left tackle Trent Brown left, but I believe he returned. And Atlanta fumbled at the goal line twice. Both Desmond Ritter one a touchback, one recovered by the Buccaneers, and they lived to tell about it. They won on a walk-off field goal. It's actually, you know, pretty. It was, a, it was a pretty good day. Some close games, some competitive games. Yeah. All right. Before we go, take a break here. Any waiver wire tips? I mean, I think I already mentioned the big three. Maybe the, okay. The big four: Demarcado, both Rams guys, Josh Downs. Fair. Yeah. Um. Very early. That's what I think. Okay. Um, uh, I, I had one more weird thing about the day. Yeah, go if ahead. That was okay. Mm-hmm. There was one running back who ran for even 90 yards today. Really? Wow. Mm. Uh, it was not Jerome Ford. Ken Walker? Ken Walker is the only one. Ken Walker, <laughs> Deontay Foreman, Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley, Joshua Kelly are the only running backs to get hit 75 yards. And Walker didn't even have a good fantasy game. He got stuffed at the goal line a couple times. Yep, but he a couple times. He had, it looked like he had lanes to get in for a touchdown. He missed them. Same thing that we saw from him last year. I'm laughing at, uh, at our private chat. We'll take a break here. And uh, when we come back. Like so- how, am I supposed to, how am I supposed to go with that if that's the truth about Jerry Judy? No, oh, you didn't have to say what I was laughing at. Now I feel bad. It was just the terminology that was used. All right, we'll take a Here's break a here. We'll take a break. When we come back, buy or sell, winners and losers, and we'll recap every game on Fantasy Football today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we welcome you back. It's Sunday night. We're recapping the games. We got buy or sell from the listeners and the viewers. This one is from Ken Myers. Buy or sell. Austin Eckler is not a top 10 running back rest of season. Not ready to sell it, but I don't think we can call him top three or even top five. 62% of the snaps did dominate on third and fourth downs and inside the 10. Maybe we just need to keep giving credit to the Chiefs defense for being good and the Chargers for being boneheads. Uh, So the last two games for Eckler, 14 carries, 27 yards, and four catches, 35 yards against Dallas. 14 carries, 45 yards, and one catch against Kansas City. Yep. Okay. It, is this him coming back from the high ankle sprain and the dreaded high ankle sprain? He um, slowing him down. You guys may have said this. I was researching the proper medical terminology, but um, he was re-aggravated that ankle in the second quarter and didn't look good for a while. Bad. Um. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Um, Okay, well, I am not buying that Austin Eckler is not a top 10 running back if he's healthy. I can't say. uh, we got to get an injury update there. But to me, this feels like a buy-low opportunity on Eckler. Go back, look at Eckler's the first three games of Eckler's season last year. I don't remember. I'll I'll look it up right now. But they were pretty underwhelming. Maybe the fantasy points were good. But the last 14 games were just, like, breathtaking. Okay, yeah, look at his first three games. He rushes 14 times for 36 yards, 14 for 39, four carries for five yards. He did do more in the passing game, but Eckler did not score a touchdown in any of his first three games last year. His next five games, 35 points, 36 points, 24, 37, 24. If he's healthy, I don't see a reason why Eckler's not going to be a beast. But is that just me? I think there's other concerns besides just being healthy. Um, like there's a reason that we talk about being concerned about running backs his age, and he is that age. All right, let's go to Ned. Daryl Henderson is a top 15 running back while Kyron Williams is out, buy or sell. So, Again, one that I feel like I, I need to sell. But it's just, it's incredible how, all right, so we sit with Pete Prisco every Sunday, and one of his famous lines is, you can find him anywhere, and he's talking about running backs. And the Rams literally found one, not in the NFL right now, and they gave him the majority of the work, and he had a good game for fantasy. Could he be a top 15 running back for the next three weeks? Next, yeah, next three games, I guess we have to say. I just... And it, Dallas it Green to Bay me, in Seattle, I bet he does for two of the three. The touches, and I, I, not entirely, but for the most part, look to be divvied up by drive and not by situation. Yes. Is that yeah. accurate? Yes. And so it's pretty much like he had a good fantasy day because they scored the touchdown on his drive. Henderson, he was, 58% he was of the snaps. He was worse than Freeman. He was. But I don't know if they get away from what worked for them in this game with the run game. You're right, but well, but that's the thing. They split fairly evenly What worked here. for them was Freeman. 
What worked for them was both of them. I mean, look, yes, Freeman average had a better rush average for sure, but they're obviously they're not they're going to use them both. So I don't I, know, man. The, the target that Freeman, the Henderson missed, it's like he didn't even know that he was an option on the play. Hmm. Yeah, but he made a pretty good play on uh, his catch, or he almost scored a touchdown, and then on the next play he had a one-yard touchdown, yeah. run, which is basically the story of Matthew Stafford's season, um, right? Like almost getting a touchdown and then handing off to Kyron Williams, or in this case, Daryl. It's funny we argued all of those mediocre quarterbacks, and they all scored between fifteen and nineteen points. Like it made a three-point difference one way or the other, except for Sam Howell, who absolutely sucked. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, the one we liked the most, <laughs> the, consensus, the consensus top twelve guy. <laughs> Andrew Nordmeyer, buy or sell Deontay Johnson is a wide receiver two rest of season. So, so. Yeah, so then actually another one from Newtel. Buy or sell Pickens is better than Deontay rest of season. Well, he was one of my favorite winners, and I thought it was spectacular that he had more targets than Deontay. He performed extremely well. His targets are always going to be worth more than Deontay's. And so even if they're even on targets, if they both have eight targets per game, which is how many Pickens had in this game, Pickens is going to be better than Deontay. So you think, okay, if they get the same amount of targets, do you think that will be the case? Do you think Pick- that Pickens Rest of be season, better? I would prefer Pickens to Deontay. Okay. Yeah, that's where I was before the season, and it's where I am now as well. Uh, I think I figured out a tactful way to talk about what happened to Jerry Judy. Go ahead. He took a shot to the ding-ding hmm. and then came back in. Oh, okay. good. I'm glad he came back in. Uh, he hung in there. Uh, buy or sell from Curtis. Aaron Jones. I just can't do it anymore. Guy's been nothing, injured or not, since week one. And every time he's back on, everyone says, fire him up. And then Aaron Jones goes out and he's on a snap count and standing on sidelines all game. Sell, sell, sell for whatever you can. I almost want to buy it just because this Packers offense looks so terrible and I don't want pieces of it on my fantasy team anymore. Yeah. But you are really selling like extremely low. What are you even getting for him? right now? That's why like, I want to buy. I want to buy right now. If people are going to sell out. him for Amari Di Mercado. <laughs> no. Vikings, Rams, Steelers, Chargers, Lions after that. I, yeah. I'll, the only one of those I know for sure is that the Steelers cannot stop the run. Well, clearly. Well, if they, uh, they, I don't think they'll have Cameron. No, they won't have Cameron Hayward by then. But um, yeah, I mean, look, he 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 didn't play much. He still had three catches for twenty-two yards, and I think he's gonna. Aaron Jones is gonna be involved in the passing game, and he'll give you something. So let's see. Would you rather have Ramondre Stevenson or Aaron Jones rest of season? I think I'm there with Ramondre. Yeah, I don't even like Ramondre, but yeah. at least he's not old. Okay. Um, buy or sell last one from Texas Bruin 67 Dalton Kincaid this is a little ambitious Texas Bruin I'm not going to lie Dalton Kincaid top 5 running back rest of top 5 tight end rest of season yeah he's not going to be a top 5 running back I don't think he'll be a top 5 tight end either but I loved love 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 that he had 8 targets in the game <laughs> and had 15 over 15 PPR <laughs> Ethan and I are having a comment fight on YouTube why are you putting this up right now I put it up once, and then every time I tried to take it down, you put it back oh, up right I th- after I took it down. I was taking it down. I thought you were putting it back up. No. Okay, I'm going to take it down. I'll remove it. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. All right, uh, Dalton Kincaid, do you think he is a must-add tight end? Mm. So let me, the stats, 8 for 75 oh. on 8 targets for Kincaid. 
it, it's those are both season highs for him. The previous season high for targets was six. It was in week two. There's no reason why you shouldn't speculate on Kincaid to to be a, to continue to be a nice part of this Bills offense. Yeah, I mean, I see the key word is speculate. Here. If you have Cole Komet, sure, drop him for Dalton Kincaid, and then in a couple of weeks you can drop Dalton Kincaid for Cole Komet. Right, it's gonna be, be lots of musical fun. chairs. <laughs> um, yeah, but Mayer. I'm not. Like I'm not dropping any of the guys that we view. Like I wouldn't drop Kyle Pitts for him. Yeah, no. Mayor, would you make a move to from Mayor to Kincaid? Yeah, I mean probably not because I'm too lazy. <laughs> uh, okay, well that's uh, that's it for buy or sell. Let's go to the rest of our winners and losers. We'll start with Dave's winners. He has Kendrick Bourne, Downs Downs, and Rushy Rice. It's a three eleven song I'm singing that we were talking about on Thursday night with Josh Downs. But Dave's winners are Kendrick Bourne, Josh Downs, and Rushy Rushy Rice. How about ranking them rest of season three wide receivers? Downs Rice Bourne. But what's nice about Bourne now, it's it's over the past two games, 18 targets, 16 catches, not a deep threat by any stretch, but someone who's an outlet for Mac Jones. And he's put up some nice numbers, six for 63 and a touchdown on Sunday against Buffalo. And I, I was worried about him actually doing it for a second game in a row because we saw it earlier this year where he had 11 targets. It was week one. It was against Philadelphia. He had two touchdowns in the game. He was awesome. And then like two weeks later, everybody was – ready to move on from Kendrick Bourne. So skeptical that he can be a, like a rest of season type of winner. But for now, if you need a, a wide receiver in week nine, maybe to be your bi-week replacement, like he's, he's got a chance to be that guy. Did, did he have a target after the fumble? He lost a key fumble and they came back. Um, but I we want to say he did. I, I don't show one for him on the final drive. There were several. The other guy who I thought was a winner was coming back from his concussion, uh, Demario Douglas. The rookie. Yeah, he had a good game too. Very involved, second highest targets and yards on the team. Um, and he had a couple targets in that final drive, but I wasn't sure if Bourne got punished or not. Well, are we talking about targets or even playing after the fumble? I don't, I'm pretty sure there were no targets. Uh, I'm not okay. sure about the playing. Okay. Anything else to say about Bourne, Downs, or Rice? I, no, I think you know what what to expect with Rashi Rice at this point. He's he's at worst a stash at wide receiver, who might even become like a top thirty type of guy. He's in the right offense. Exactly what you want to do in fantasy is attach yourself to players who are attached to good quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I would say disagree with is I would go Rice Downs born as opposed to Downs Rice born. But I think Downs and Rice are in a different split stretch. Like I might actually use 10% of Fab or something if I saw one of those guys on Kendrick Bourne's just I'm picking him up after waivers for a zero dollar. That's bid. fair. Yep. Okay. He, no, he, you could bid a buck on him if you wanted him, but no yeah. one's gonna really want him. Heat's winners are Pukinakua, George Pickens, and Amari Di Mercado. Um, you want to say anything else about these guys, especially DeMarcado? I, yeah, I mean, well, first off, Keontae Ingram didn't didn't touch the football. 13 carries for DeMarcado, just one for Damian Williams. All of the running back targets went to DeMarcado. And so I, I know we've been fooled by this before. 
But this is a slight, I, it feels to me like a slightly different situation. It's a terrible matchup the next two weeks against the Ravens and the Browns. Yeah. But if yeah. he's going to touch the ball 18 times, he's going to be a high end flex. Yeah. And then after two weeks, I maybe agree. James Conner's back in. Right. And as uh, soon maybe. as Conner comes back, he goes back to being a third down guy who might get you five PPR points. So tough yeah. to love him for now. I, I, I'm going to have a hard time like, ranking either Henderson or Freeman ahead of DeMarcado next week. Okay. Um, I would like them to throw the ball more instead of running the ball with Henderson and Freeman 33 times or whatever. You know, They, they should not have more carries than Matthew Stafford as passes, in my opinion. But, um, okay. I, against that defense, I mean, but I don't know. I mean, Stafford was pretty efficient. Stafford was good in the first half. He, they were ter- he was terrible. They were terrible in the second half. And honestly, the Steelers' defense, I did watch this game, especially the second half, pretty much every snap. Steelers' defense played very well in the second half. They started out the first play, T.J. Watt. Holy cow, what an interception that was. And they just they were covering them really well. They were, they were pressuring Stafford. But anyway, uh, let's go to the losers here. Uh, he said Green Bay is a loser. Uh, also, Jamison Williams, six targets, no catches at Baltimore. I guess it was good to see six targets. And Josh Jacobs was a loser. He bobbled and ultimately did not catch a touchdown. He almost had a touchdown catch. It was overturned. Um, but He also bobbled and did not catch an interception. Um, I'm Jacobs? just like, I'm not so sure that Josh Jacobs. I've really tried to just maintain the positive outlook here. And all the touches were nice. But, man, it's hard to have faith in him on a weekly basis. It's just disgustingly bad run offense from the Raiders right now. Uh, Maybe when Jimmy G gets back, this gets a little bit more efficient. But I think it's a sell low on him, too. I'd rather have him than Aaron Jones. But I might just take something for Josh Jacobs if I could could get a starter for him. Really? I'm surprised to hear that because, I mean, he's had some... He has it like he has a nice floor. Right? He's hardly. This was a terrible game, but he's usually going to get you at least. This was his second terrible game out of six, right? I mean, the first three games were all between like nine and a half and eleven PPR points or something, if I recall. Correct. Um, so those weren't great, but at least he's getting you ten or more points. But then, like the la- then two games after that, he was enormous, a monster. I, I, I don't at like least it because he has had. It's probably eleven games now where he's had one carry longer than 18 yards or something like that. I mean, going back to last year, that sucks. He's just not running the ball well at all. But he I believe so he involved. had a touchdown called back in this game he as did. well. Not that that would have made him a monster for this week, but it, everybody would have felt a little bit better about Josh Jacobs. I There isn't another guy taking work away from him, and I would imagine that he will be better when the passing game gets better. That'll be when Jimmy Garoppolo's back. Okay. I would buy low on him if I could. Uh, yeah, I, we may we may be talking about a deal this week, yeah, Dave. I'd buy I think low I've too, got Heath. some Josh Jacobs. I'd buy low. You what? give me, I'll take some Josh Jacobs. Okay, okay. We'll we'll, we'll and then who is my other one? Uh, the uh, Jameson Williams. Oh goodness. Um. But yeah, at least two of those targets were in garbage time, and it is amazing. Like that dude can fly, and gets open. And then the ball bounces off of his face mask or the ball bounces off both of his hands. Yep. It's almost like he's running too fast to catch the ball. He needs to slow down just a little bit so he can catch it. Um, it, it was a really, really poor performance. Let's check. I mean, six targets, zero catches. And 
It wasn't a bunch of errant throws. I mean, Jamison Williams is 80% rostered, and he did have a 53 yards and a touchdown last week, but on three targets. So, uh, Rishi Rice, Josh Downs, not even a question, right? Yeah. I mean, if I need a starter and I need a win, I'd probably Kendrick Bourne over Jamison Williams. All right. Can I say a quick thing on Bourne? Yes, please. Eight snaps for the entire Patriots team after his fumble. Bourne was in on all of them. Half the plays on those eight snaps, remember, it's their game-winning drive. Half of them went to Ramondre. And Ramondre helped get them into first field goal range, and then they went on to score. So I don't know if there's something there with Kendrick Bourne not getting the ball at the end of the game. And while I said that people aren't going to be interested in him, maybe you should if you're desperate for a wide receiver or just a bench wide receiver that might be able to come through with 10 or 12 PPR points a week. He's not my favorite, but I think he was a winner this week. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I have one last question about it. Bourne. Um, I, I wasn't trying to be overly negative about Bourne. No, but, but I mean, I think it was a good question about the fumble. It was a good and question. So I went and I double checked yeah. into it. And people aren't going to be excited to get a target from Mac Jones. I'm saying that maybe if you're looking for cheap PPR points, he's going to be there. Okay. I'll move on. I was just going to say, I don't really care if Juju's back next week. I, I can't imagine that. You shouldn't. I don't think they're going to care. All right, Dave's losers are Zach Moss, who he already talked about, Sam Howell, who scored nine and a half points at the Giants. And you know what's funny, Dave? I was going to be like, I was thinking to myself, like, I have such a good loser that no one's going to think of, and I'm going to bring it up. And Dave, of course, it was one of his losers. Khalil Herbert uh, is a loser, with Deontay Foreman having two productive games in a row and a huge one today. But all right, Sam Howell was 88% rostered, um, 55% started, and Khalil Herbert's a loser as well. Go ahead. I'm looking forward to seeing what the blitz rate was for the Giants, but I would imagine it was pretty high. Adam, you watched the game. You can let me know. Oh, yeah. But I think Hal was uncomfortable and off target, and really the only guy he could connect with when he's under pressure, we saw the stats for it, was Terry McLaurin, and McLaurin ended up having a very good game. Everyone else on the Commanders had a pretty terrible game, including John Dotson, who – can we call it a drop that last play? It wouldn't have been yeah. for a touchdown, but it was like a yeah. fourth and five play. Howell kind of missed him a little bit. It was a little bit behind him. Yeah. And he should have caught it. it. He, he pulled a Jamison. The ball bounced off his hands. And, and I don't like that's so, Dave, you remember he had great hands in college. He was awesome. He yeah. was, he had great hands last year. I don't know where it's, it's a confidence thing. It has to be. Maybe. Headaches. Or it could be the quarterback doesn't throw. Um, professional, I don't know, like super accurate throws. Well, last week, he, he, John Dotson had a drop last week on a beautiful throw. This was a tough catch. Uh, he had, there was a lot of mustard on it. It was pretty near range, but it, he should have caught that ball. And Howell, uh, my take on it is uh, the you know the Giants, like you said, Heath, I didn't even realize this. They had more sacks in this game that they had coming into the for the whole season. The commander's offensive line is absolutely putrid. And, you know, when you have a line like that, it's a liability, and it could it could create just a, a terrible situation, and that's what the case was today. I didn't think the Giants would really be able to take advantage of it, but they did. You uh, would not have taken all those sex. Who? Gardner Rod Taylor. Rod Taylor. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Goodness, how many sacks were the Giants today? Six. six. Goodness. And now six. here's here's the commander's schedule moving forward: Philly, New England, Seattle, New England, and Seattle on the road. And then the Giants and then the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Then the Dolphins after that. Then they get their bye. I don't know when you're going to feel good starting this guy. I don't know when you're going to feel good 
starting anybody but Brian Robinson and Terry McLaurin in this offense. Heath, don't take us on. I didn't. You clicked that. Don't take us on a detour. <laughs> I, we can't do it. Jamie's here. All right. The other loser was uh, was who? Oh, Khalil Herbert. All right. So let me ask you guys: When Khalil Herbert comes back, do we have a single Bears running back that we're going to be comfortable starting? Do you think? No. Yeah. Huh. All right. Hey, Jamie. Hey, guys. What do you think? A little Trevor Lawrence next week? I keep asking him, make Trevor Lawrence your start of the week. It's the only thing that's going to save me. And he won't do it. <laughs> Jerome Ford, nice call. Hopefully he's healthy for next week. Yeah. Do we know an update on his injury? I haven't no, seen anything. No. We've been focusing more on Jerry Judy's injury. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Judy? I didn't see. Uh, should I tell him the same yeah. way I told everybody else? Yeah. He took a shot to the ding-ding. Oh, nice. And then he came back in. He did come back. Uh, okay, so noteworthy goal line work. We did see Ezekiel Elliott working at the goal line. We saw Javante Williams had a three-yard touchdown run called back. Javante Williams is probably a winner today, too. He seemed to separate himself from Yes, McGraw. for sure. I almost put him in. Um, let's see. We had what else from the goal line? Uh, Najee Harris, the clear goal line back. There was a play where Warren and Najee were both in. Najee ended up scoring a rushing touchdown there, but they just hadn't been there. They hadn't been inside the five. They finally were. Correct. And it was Najee. Almost touchdowns. Let's see. Dawson Knox had one called back on offensive pass interference. DJ Moore had two. He had a, almost had a rushing touchdown. Then he had a, a touchdown catch knocked out of his hands. So DJ Moore was very close to having a huge game. Uh, Drake London had an almost touchdown. Josh Jacobs had a touchdown catch uh, overturned. Oh, Devontae Adams, a few plays later, dropped mm. a wide-open touchdown. That was crazy. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I mentioned, he fumbled twice at the goal line. David Njoku had one knocked out of his hands. Um, Najee Harris actually nearly had a receiving touchdown, too. And on the next play, Kenny Pickett scored on a QB sneak. Um Matthew Stafford nearly had one from Daryl Henderson, and then Henderson ran it in a play after. Gerald Everett dropped a very tough catch, but it was technically a, a drop touchdown. Um, and then on the next play, Justin Herbert threw an interception. And then, David, we already told you about this one. Romeo Dobbs had a pass go through his hands and into the arms of Jaden Reed for a touchdown there. <laughs> and I just said touchdown there uh, for all of you longtime listeners. We're taking a break here. Oh, touchdown there. <laughs> when we come back, uh, when we come back, Atlanta and Tampa Bay, we started with that thriller. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, Heath, uh, can I put you on the spot for Believe It or Not today? Oh, 100%. Yeah, you're going to have to think about this one for a second. I know those are your favorite ones, but um, Cordero Patterson will go away once Bijan Robinson's okay. 10 carries for 56 yards and actually looked kind of good a couple times. Go, go ahead, guys. He's on flu? <laughs> he had headaches. I don't know. We we recently found out he said he had headaches. Uh, I think we might have been the last people on planet Earth to <laughs> know this or to learn this. Okay, let's just but say yeah. believe it. Yes, we believe it. You didn't, Pat- you didn't know that he had an issue? No, we didn't know what it was. Oh, there was definitely something going on. They didn't we found out headaches. what it was on they, the show. They reported that he wasn't feeling well, and we didn't learn until recently that he said he was had headaches last night. But any, anyway, uh, yeah, Heath, I've, if Dave and Jamie aren't going to answer, I will say I absolutely believe Cordado Patterson is going away when, next week when Bijan's healthy. Next yeah. week. No concern No concern with Bijan. If he's healthy next week, start him. Yep. You'll start him. Hopefully there's no headache issue. And Cordero Patterson will probably steal like three touches in the game. <sighs> Another good game for Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin Great was solid. Touchdown catch too. Six for sixty-six on twelve targets. Evans had eight targets. And mm-hmm. uh, how about Jamie? You know you've been wanting. They put AJ Terrell on him too. Yeah, and he beat Terrell on the touchdown. Jamie, you've been wanting Rashad White to uh, get more involved in the passing game. We got it here with six catches for sixty-five yeah. yards. And he was started in 55% of leagues. You think you'll start him at Buffalo next week? Um, he'll be on, on the cusp. You know, this was, you know, his most encouraging game since week two. So, you know, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. He looks slow, though. When he's running, he just does not move like uh, a young running back should be moving at this point. He's He's got a, a, a get another gear, I, I would say. But, you know, again, anytime he's going to get these opportunities, that's what you're looking for. So I hope there's more of that to come. All right, let's go to Chicago 30 and Las Vegas 12, Heath. Yeah, I was going to do something about Deontay Foreman and whether he'll matter or not when everybody's healthy, but I think Dave kind of hit that with the Herbert losers. So Cole Komet and Michael Mayer are both drops this week. I, I believe it as long as you remember to go back to Cole Komet when Justin Fields plays. This And this was my worry with Cole Komet coming into this week, was that he'd be asked to block more. Target less. Bajan's track record is that he didn't throw to his tight ends. And he threw to Mercedes Lewis. Do you were able to find his college stats? I could find I could only find I could they didn't record <laughs> targets at Shepherd University. But I did find he, uh his last year there, one of his tight ends had like 15% of his receptions. They threw like crazy. So like he has experience throwing a football, obviously. He's in the NFL. But I thought he made some pretty good throws today. I didn't mm-hmm. think he was an embarrassing rookie by any stretch or an embarrassing 40-year-old like Brian Hoyer was. Brady, Brady Quinn on our pregame show said that he was 
you know, not not going to be surprised when he plays well because he thought he had an opportunity based on what he saw from him in the preseason mm-hmm. to come out against this Raiders defense as long as they could protect him to have an opportunity to make some some throws. And he did. Buy or sell? No, I know you're going to sell this, so I'll ask a different question. Uh, Devontae Adams, how do you value him? First, not his first round pick, second round pick, third round pick, fourth round pick? Second. Second. Third. Okay. Would you rather have Puka Nakua or Devontae Adams rest of season? Puka. I think we're there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any thoughts on DJ Moore? Eight catches for 54 yards on nine targets for basic, very similar game to last week, which was five catches for 51 yards on eight targets. And that was mostly a Bajan game. Any thoughts, guys? Uh, Dave on DJ Moore? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to continue to see him get targets. And the the Bears were at least smart enough to tell Bajant, let's throw it to this guy. He nearly had a touchdown. I, I don't remember exactly what the play was. I think it was a run. Um, I said this, so, so I'll tell you. So he yeah. he had two almost touchdowns. They gave it to they gave it to him on a run. He reached over toward the goal line and didn't quite get in. And then mm-hmm. later in the game, Bajan made a, a pretty good throw to him, and he had it in the kind of like the corner of the end zone, and the defensive back just sort of knocked it out of DJ Moore's hands. So he almost yeah. Had two so I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by <laughs> how this game went, and eventually, hopefully, Fields will be back and the passes will be better. Certainly further downfield. Yeah. All right, uh, New England twenty nine. The shocker, New England twenty nine, Buffalo twenty five. Dalton Kincaid will have more targets than Gabe Davis rest of the season. <laughs> uh, I can believe that. No, I, me, I don't think I can. Let me spice it up a little. Uh, Gabe Davis is a sit. <laughs> Gabe Dave, Gabe Davis is a sit. How like he's going to be a sit. 40% of the time, and you're not ever going to know when it is. So if you want to sit him after bad games and start him after good games, I think that's bad recipe. But the good games are almost always just touchdowns. I mean, there's there's not much to like about what we've seen so far from Gabe Davis, although I will, I did point out on the starter sit episode that he just has a terrible history against New England. He still has never had more than 39 yards against them, but he just doesn't get the ball thrown to him. But Okay, I'm so, so after the Thursday game, I said that I, I had always defaulted to Calvin Ridley as a start. But now I think... Nice lower third there. Schaefer just caught that. Now I, I, I think Calvin Ridley, to me, I go into the week, I'm, I'm trying to sit Calvin Ridley. Gabe Davis is a lower-end version of that. Like, Fair. I wanted to start him as a number three receiver. Now I kind of want to sit him as a number three receiver. Now I hope I have better options than Gabe Davis. Do you guys feel that way too? I feel like he's a flex every week. He's had two games this year with over 20 PPR points, another one with 15, and then one, two, three, four duds, four duds. So he he is the poster boy for boomer bust flex in fantasy football. I think, though, just first off, you know, you got to have enough options when we're in bye weeks and we're in injuries and dealing with those to sit a guy that's attached to Josh Allen that has the chance to score a touchdown and go for 60 plus yards any given time he steps on the field. So yes, you look at history, you look at track record, you look at what he's been doing, what he hasn't been doing. Those things have to come into play. But like for this week in particular, would you have really started Raji Rice over Gabe Davis? None of us had it ranked that way. 
Nope. No, but Josh should, Downs but should we? I mean, I'm asking, should we make that transition? Because the most important— No, you, you, you can make that transition now. I'm just saying, right for week seven, going into week seven, as much as you would have said bad history against the Patriots and knowing what he's done, and, you know, I, I don't think there's a person that has looked at the the way that Rice has been playing and said there, there was the potential of this coming, and the matchup was great. I mean— I did my whole DFS, my favorite play of the week article on 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 Rice with the chance of what he could do today, you know. So like as much as I liked him, I wasn't going to play him over Gabe Davis. I don't think a lot of people do that, you know. I'm I'm just trying to think of players like in that range, you know, no, Josh Downs. Would I you get start it. Josh Downs over over Gabe Davis moving forward? Like no, are we no. at that point? Oh, moving forward, that's what that's my question. I understand week seven, but but like five targets is actually kind of a lot for him, <laughs> and he didn't do much with it. But I'm asking now, have you changed your opinion of Gabe Davis? Are you lowering him to the point where? You are going to start these these kind of hot receivers over him. No, having not looked at week eight yet, I couldn't tell you for certainly, but for certain. But I mean, he, he's fallen closer to those guys. Okay. All right, for the Patriots here, how good of a game was this for Amandre Stevenson? Because he got out carried by by Zeke. Zeke got the goal line touchdown. Stevenson did get six catches for fifty one yards. That's eleven catches in his last two games. It's been a little bit unpredictable for him, though. Um, like what, boy? Tough player to evaluate, I think, Dave. What do you think about Stevenson? Sort of tough to evaluate, and he was headed for a stinker until he had a 34-yard catch on the last drive, and that's what actually kickstarted the Patriots' offense into being in position to, like I said, first be in field goal range, and then they scored the game-winning touchdown to Gasecki, and I, I, he still had his normal share of snaps. He still played two-thirds of the snaps for them. But it's it's starting to get a little gross with him and Zeke mixing in. Zeke playing five of seven snaps inside the 10. You're never going to feel great about Ramondre, but he's always going to come out as a top 20 running back in the rankings and will pretty much be a high to middle RB2 when everybody's playing like next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he'll be top 20 for me next week with nobody on a bye, but we'll see who's healthy. And he's at Miami. What happens? Well, okay, hold on. He's at Miami. So I can't imagine that the Patriots are going to run the ball uh, with high frequency against the Dolphins. I figure they're going to play from behind against Miami. But he still could get five or six catches. And that's what we talked about. That's what we talked about with Stevenson on the show this morning on CBS Sports HQ was that's what kind of saves him is getting those receptions. And then you just hope he scores on top of it. So this was a game where he's much closer to his floor. There will be other games like two games ago where he'll be closer to his ceiling of however many fantasy points he had. He'll be between 10 and 18 every week. Cleveland 39, Indianapolis 38. And uh, I definitely started Deshaun Watson over Gardner Minshew in a league. So that didn't work very well. <laughs> that is fantastic. And I would just, I guess, I don't think I'm going to steal this. Somebody in the chat said Gardner Minshew is a weekly starter. Um, I don't think that's true. It's true in two QB leagues, but not one QB. Um, believe it or not, Tamari Cooper is a sit on the road next week, no matter who starts. Yeah, I at Seattle. Mm. Yeah, it'll be it'll be hard to like him. I'm not sure just this version. Oh, I'll current. tell you who's going to start. By the way, it's Deshaun Watson. They said it after the game. So Stefanski said after the game that Watson cleared concussion protocol. But he didn't want to put him back out there. He wanted to protect, quote, our franchise quarterback, end quote. And it, it was his call. But Stefanski says his expectation is Watson will practice and start against Seattle next week. I'm not sure he's currently better than Walker. Now, that's a different conversation. Walker is awful. 
And I'm not. I'm, that's not. That's not right. praising Deshaun Walker. Ball. <laughs> right. That's fair. Yeah, but I mean, Deshaun was so bad at the start of this game, and obviously playing with the shoulder injury. It's going to be an interesting question because uh, Cooper's had a pretty a pretty good year, but two catches for twenty two yards on eight targets did not get the job. I think done. this was only their second road game, right? Uh, he was good at Browns? Pittsburgh. Yeah. Wow. You're right. How about that. Yep. All right. I had I had one fantasy matchup today where I lost Fields. I picked up Watson, the guy I'm playing against, uh, our former colleague Sergio Gonzalez. He has Stroud as his quarterback. And and he picked up Brian Hoyer, and he outscored me two to negative two. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. Week seven, uh, Michael Pittman. If you were one of the fifty nine percent of Michael Pittman managers who started, you got him, super lucky. You sure did. Uh, he had a seventy five yard touchdown catch and run. But hey, it's, I mean, it's going to be super annoying in two weeks when we're talking about Michael Pittman and how many points he's averaging. We have to reference two lucky plays that he's had now. If you take out the screen and the seventy-five yard touchdown pass, he's been terrible. <laughs> Look, he's I, ha- he's I having a great him. season, but you yeah. did get lucky today. Very, yeah, twenty-one percent target share. I, I'm surprised Minshew only threw it twenty-three times. That's just a byproduct of the running game being good for Indy. Well, and they had well, one drive. Be a relative one pass. Say it again, Heath. I think they had one drive that was just one pass. The, yeah, Pittman. Yeah. Yeah. the Pittman drive. Yep. No, and the Downs play too. <laughs> Minshew also turned the ball over three times. That hurt their time of possession, his own passing stats or opportunities. And they still won time of possession. They should have had the ball they, for a while. They got screwed. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna decide the game as an official, you can't call those two penalties back to back like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was, that was definitely awful. a a whole legal contact. The, the one on Amari Cooper. That was a penalty. Well, the one on on People's Jones wasn't catchable pass. That's that 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 is true. That was a terrible call. Yeah, the Cooper. I forgot about that one. The Cooper one was was a good call. The the Rams got screwed more than more than the Browns. I think. I don't know. Agreed. If you saw that, but the p- pass interference that Deontay drew on Witherspoon was a bad call. I thought. And then I really think he was short. I'm sure there's a replay somewhere. But I really think uh, Pickett was short on fourth and one. They spotted it poorly. And the Rams were out of timeouts, and it was just before the two-minute warning, so I couldn't take a look at it, which is disappointing. Um, okay, uh, I guess you know another thing we could talk about in this game, or maybe later in the week, is if they are going to be this run heavy, if this is going to be their offense, then maybe we maybe we'll talk about it on Wednesday or something. Is this the time to consider selling Michael Pittman, or you know, or being a little cautious with Josh Downs because you could I could see them running the, the hell out of the ball every day, every game, as long as they're in it. Uh, all right, Baltimore. I, I don't know about that. I mean, this this was this is such a weird game. Like the Browns defense had been so good, yeah. and just all of a sudden, like who who would have thought that uh, Jim Schwartz, I can solve Kyle Shanahan, but I can't solve Shane Steichen. <laughs> like like you know, it's he's got he's it, it just was like they just didn't show up. All right, let's uh, move to our next game here, and that is Baltimore thirty eight, Detroit six. Gus Edwards is a clear RB one for the Ravens the rest of the season. Rest of season? Yeah. I'll buy it. He, with Lamar Jackson on the field, Gus played 50% of the snaps, but four or five snaps inside the 10. That was what we almost expected ever since J.K. Dobbins went down, but it took a while for that to happen. Uh, Justice had 50% of the snaps, obviously, too. Played a little bit more on third and fourth downs. Yes, I can believe that Gus Edwards. Amazing receiver. Gus Edwards, eighty-yard catch. That, that play design was awesome, by the way. It was. I, I don't think it was a design. Yeah, it was. 
I think it was kind of like a, a fortuitous play. I, now, I we, thought, we were talking about that in the green room that when we saw the replay, you could see that that was was something that they they had planned. Um, I I love the matchup for him next week. Yeah. Uh, mm. Next week is what Vegas. Mm. No, at Arizona. At Arizona. Hmm. Okay, but but like most of the time, Gus Edwards is 15 carries for like 60 yards, 50 yards, nothing in the passing game, and usually he doesn't score. So we shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves. No, here. this isn't this isn't Gus Edwards is a must start player. But I mean, you're talking about coming off this game where this offense looked as good as it's been in probably three years, and doing what he was able to accomplish when he gets the ball in space, which is fun to see, and then you get this matchup next week, so. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not saying I'm all in, but I'm pretty close. Okay, uh, let me ask you about Jameer Gibbs. He had a nice game, filling in kind of quietly because a lot of it came late here. But Jameer Gibbs ended up with 11 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown, and nine catches for 58 yards. Uh, would obviously no Montgomery, and probably not next week. But would you rather have Jameer Gibbs or Ramondre Stevenson rest of season? Gibbs. Oh man, that's so hard to say because of what he's been when Montgomery's healthy. Which is not much. Um, I would take the upside of Gibbs, but I'll probably be wrong in that because I think Ramondre will be better. Yeah, I think I just <laughs> Ramondre. I don't like it, but I would say Ramondre. Well, you'd hope that with the nine catches today, you'd hope that they that this is going to be a more permanent thing, not nine catches, but a consistent role in the passing game. Well, this is the first time that they've gotten punched in the face like this, and you know, playing from behind. So. Yeah. You know, go back to the the Seahawks game in week two. Remember, we were coming off the game where he looked great in the opener against Green was it Green Bay. No, oh, I'm sorry, Kansas City. He looked great in the opener against Kansas City, and it was okay. Yeah, we know minimal touches. He had what six broken tackles on his seven carries, whatever it was. You know, we'll get him more work. They had a back and forth game with Seattle. And he didn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven touches in the fourth quarter. He had mm-hmm. four carries for 36 yards. He had the one touchdown in the game, three catches, nine receiving yards. So a lot of work late. The run, the 21-yard touchdown run, super impressive. All right, let's but, uh, let's go to our next game here. I, I think this coaching staff has told us how they intend to use them when David Montgomery is healthy. All right, Giants 14, Washington 7. Believe it or how not. How happy are you right now? Well, uh, so can I just can I just tell you that I I 100% know what Heath's believe it or not is any chance to crap on Daniel Jones. <laughs> Thomas almost almost went too early. Uh, believe it or not, Terod Taylor gives the Giants the best chance to win football games right now. The last part is 100% accurate right now. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter because they said that they're going back to him as soon as he's cleared. So it's, it'll be Daniel Jones. I just hope. He but can... why why put Jones back? behind this offensive line when he struggled so much and he's not 100%. Well, I I would like to have this conversation, but I think we should focus on the fantasy impact here. And he'll... That is the fantasy impact. Oh, for sure it's a fantasy impact. It makes Darren Waller better right now. It makes Wondell Robinson and Jalen Hyatt more relevant right now. Let me just say this for Daniel Jones. Andrew Thomas is hopefully going to be back next week. They're optimistic. Daniel Jones has played two games with Saquon Barkley this year. I promise you Terod Taylor would not be playing very well if Saquon Barkley were not playing. It is unbelievable the impact that Barkley has, not just as a rusher, but in the passing game. I mean, and Jones scored 30-something points. So Barkley... Sounds like the kind of guy maybe you should have locked up. <laughs> you don't lock up running You don't lock up running back. You know what? The same people who say that are the ones who, who criticize teams for paying running backs. It's so hypocritical. Oh, how can you pay running backs? How can you not pay Barkley? It's like people pick a side. So whatever, that's that's a story for another day. 
Barkley makes everyone better. He's got a hyperextended elbow. Hopefully he'll be back. But you know what, Heath, you asked a good question a couple of weeks ago when Waller had a good game. You said, should we just sell Waller now and, and play the streaming game, get whatever we can and play the streaming game at tight end? He's now shown three out of seven games. He's had pretty damn good games. And otherwise, he's been, he's been pretty bad or pretty he's, You kind of gave Davis a tight end, right? I guess so, but at least he's playing tight end. You know, so uh, I wonder where he ranks, uh, by the way, for the season. Uh, Probably like fifth or sixth. Yeah, so do you sell him or you just ride it out? I think you, you ride, ride it, it out. out. Okay. He's had at least nine PPR points each of the past three games. Two games with Tyrod Taylor. 15 targets, 12 catches, 141 yards in the touchdown. But you're not going to have Tyrod Ty- Ty- Taylor much longer. Yeah. Uh, so let's not act like Tyrod Ty- Taylor is so good. D- Daniel Jones. He's good for Waller. Well, he's better, he's better for what the Giants have right now. When Andrew Thomas and the offensive line is back to at yeah. full strength or close to full strength, Daniel Jones will be fine in comparison to what Tyrod Ty- Taylor is right now. But for what the team is right now, Terod Taylor is better. He's not looking down at pass rush coming at him. He's looking down the field. He's not getting afraid like Daniel Jones has been because he's been hit so much. I mean, it's just a byproduct of the situation. Yeah. Uh, Brian Robinson was started in 93% of leagues. He had eight carries, 23 yards, and a touchdown. He did not have a catch. I believe this is now twice where I've said somebody or Brian Robinson for start of the week. And when I've said that, Brian Robinson has been bad. So I I will stop saying that. He scored, but they were using uh, they were using what Chris Rodriguez in there as well. I don't. Yeah, where did that come from? Yeah, seven carries for him. I don't. You know, I, I guess my my takeaway from Robinson would be like the Commanders. You think about that Thursday night game against the Bears. The Commanders are not good enough, I think, for us to be super confident in a game script. So you always have to be careful about that with Brian Robinson, I guess. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. Next up, the late games. Look, sorry, guys. we'll go a little faster. Seattle twenty, Arizona ten. Uh, there's no going back with JSN. He's going to matter the rest of the year. Don't believe it. I kind of, I kind of believe it. He it, he had it, the middle of the field all game long. When Metcalf comes back, now you've got Metcalf and Lockett on the outside. And Gino might have the confidence now to start attacking in the middle of the field, make it really hard on defenses. And I think this was a confidence-building game not only for Gino but for JSN. Does it does it, it make you believe it more because he was better than Lockett today? Like he he'd have been the number two no, behind. It, I just I like that he had led the team in targets. That's basically the combination of he led the Seahawks in targets and he looked good. Like this is the first game that he's looked really good in. I hope it's it's true, but I mean it's it his best game came when their best receiver's not there. So you don't know uh, how many games this year DK's had over fifteen PPR points? Yeah, one. One. But it doesn't mean that he's not their best receiver. And it doesn't mean that he wasn't helped by DK's absence. I mean I think that clearly he was. Yeah. It's all fair game. Only twenty four pass attempts though, also. So yep. you know, you might get more than that typically. But I I feel like they're going back to being a ground and pound and defense team. Their defense has made a huge leap. Witherspoon is helping that, I think, but uh, they they would look like a joke early in the season. Maybe it's schedule, but their defense has been much better. They're in the AFC North the next two weeks, Cleveland and then at Baltimore. These are not going to be great games for 
for the Seahawks offense. There's certainly the run game. I'd be nervous passing game. JSN might be the one guy that those two defenses don't worry about so much. So they we, play Cleveland and Baltimore the next two weeks. Yeah, I believe so. And Arizona plays Baltimore and Cleveland the next two weeks. Yeah, it makes sense. This is all true. All right, let's go to our next game. Pittsburgh 24, Rams 17. I mean, tell me something we haven't talked about in this game. We've covered every angle I can think of. We talked Matthew Stafford. We talked Rams running backs. We talked Puka and Cooper Cup. We talked Najee and Jalen Warren. We talked Pickens and Deontay Johnson. All right, I'll ask I don't think the touchdown Atwell caught was meant for him. Well, there we go. I'll ask I Stafford. think it was meant for Cooper Cup. <laughs> I mean, I, what's our thoughts on Stafford here? You, you know, it's he was going from throwing like 50 times the last two games, 24 and 29 pass attempts. Still can't find that second touchdown. I think only one game with multiple touchdowns this year. So he's 94% rostered. Is he a starter or just someone you pick up if you're in a pinch or what with Stafford, Jamie? Oh, he's uh, someone you pick up at this point. I mean... There's there's enough track record going back to 2021. I believe it's now 20 games, and he has three over 20 fantasy points over that span. Yikes! So it's it's tough. And Grant, it's been like different versions of Stafford because not healthy, not Cup with Cup, you know. So there's lots of things that have happened with Robert Woods with Pugnakua, you know. So um, it's not fair to say that's the best sample size, but it's enough of a sample size to see that he's just not an elite level fantasy quarterback right now and maybe never will be again so borderline top 15 guy at best he, he's going at dallas at packers by you can drop him pittsburgh 24 oh sorry um uh, i mean week nine uh, might might then, be tough to just find somebody that's significantly better than 15 to 18 points which will give you denver 19 green bay 17 we also have talked a lot <sighs> about this game but uh sutton had a big game heath what, we can talk about that what do you think yeah, I mean, I guess the only like, um, Javante Williams is the clear number one for the Broncos the rest of the season. Yeah, I think so. Yep. You hope this is the start of something, man. Sixty-two percent started for Javante. He had eighteen touches. Sutton, who's a more valuable player in fantasy rest of the season, Sutton or Javante? Javante. His position Sutton. is much more important. Well, yeah, but but he hasn't been very good. Yeah, you just right. said you hope it's the start of something. I hope. I'll take the, I'll take the hope of start of something at that position. Then Sutton, when the touchdowns disappear, he won't be that good. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he's scored what five touchdowns this year? Six, maybe. He, he's basically the only person Russell Wilson throws to in the end zone. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what makes me lean towards Sutton too. I'd probably take Javante, but. Yeah. All right. I mean, I guess you look at this debate. They're in the same conversation. And it's good for Sutton. Judy didn't Judy didn't have a bad game. Five catches, 64 yards on five targets. That's not great. We're going to find out a lot about the Broncos in the next week and a half. There you go. Trade deadline. Yeah. All right, Kansas City 31. That's their next opponent is Kansas City, by the way. Kansas City 31 and the Chargers 17. The Chiefs offense is boring, boring and terrible for fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. Can he have a 50-point game already? I have to put up with this garbage. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that was great stuff. He flexed a little bit today, huh? Yeah, good for him. I I saw that I was playing Heath in the IDP league, and he's got Mahomes and Kelsey. I was like, nah, I'm not even going yeah. to Don't even have to bother. Awesome. Um, Herbert, again, I mean, I know he found his... That, by the way, has that trade been absolutely awful for both of us? 
Our trade? It's, it's so bad. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Justin Jefferson and Alexander Madison pre-injury for uh, Jalen Waddle and Bijan Robinson. Like Bijan and Justin Jefferson are basically the same. Technically, Bijan did outscore Jefferson today by like point three. He did, but but you know Jefferson wasn't in your lineup. Uh, yeah, it's a bad trade. Um, if Josh Palmer with a great game, he's seventy five percent rostered. He's got seven or eight targets in four straight mm-hmm. games now. Uh, you know, look the Herbert. I, mean, I think they were really hurt today by just not being able to run the ball. But um, 13 points for him. His last two games, 25 points, 23 points. But this, it just, it's been a kind of a struggle since the Mike Williams injury. Is in, I've asked this before. Is anybody concerned, getting concerned about Herbert? So we had, um, I know we'll get some drinking game references on this, but we had Tom Spencer Tom on the Spencer. show pregame. And... Um, he said that the finger injury on his left hand is going to be a six-week injury. And so I wonder how much that's taking some toll because everything's got to be in shotgun. I don't know if that was the case today, but that seems to be everything that he's been lining up. Um, Austin Eckler is banged up, clearly. He got hurt again in this game with the ankle problem. And and like you alluded to, it's uh, no, no Mike Williams. But Palmer's been good. Now, Tom told us that the coaching staff and several players were – saying like they got to get Quentin Johnson going and they hope that by the end of the season, he's going to be a, a factor in the offense. Um, I didn't follow this game closely. I had some stuff going on, but um, did he have any, anything of significance today? No, he, he, he had a catch and showed a little bit of his yak ability. It took two guys to bring him down. And then he had a target deep down the uh, sideline where he looked completely lost because he shouldn't be getting targets deep down the sideline. One catch for 20 yards on two targets. So what, what he said to us this, on the pregame show was that they were going to try and manufacture some touches for him. So clearly that didn't happen in this game. And I'm sure probably the you know the way the game unfolded, that wasn't the case. But he's somebody just keep an eye on. But I, th- I think at this point, you know what you're getting. You know, you're going to have to see something from him first. Like we, you know, we saw last week from JSN that there was the chance of something coming for him, coming off their bye week. And, you know, the Metcalf injury opened that door. Uh, the door has been open for Quentin Johnson without Mike Williams there. And he just hasn't walked through it yet. So we'll see if that happens by the end of the year. And I'll say this, you know, when you get information about they want to get this guy more involved, it doesn't always happen immediately. You look at Michael Mayer. The, the Raiders wanted to get him more involved. Well, it was it was a game after that he got going. You look at Dalton Kincaid, the game that they said that Tom Spencer said they wanted to get him more involved. I think he had only like five targets or something, but I think Josh Allen threw 24, 25 passes that game, and then he got the concussion, and maybe they really did want to get him more involved. So if you can be patient with Quinton Johnston, not the worst idea ever. And in, 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 in the same interview, um, they said Rice is on the verge of being that guy. And yeah. we saw it today. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks, every, thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Let's, uh, we got to look. We got to get out of here. We got uh, the game of the week, which so far is a major dud. Thank you so much for not choosing Chiefs Chargers. <laughs> like, it really would have ruined my afternoon. <laughs> Uh, So we got to get out of here and watch the end of this game. Uh, We will talk to you tomorrow with Beyond the Box Score. See you later. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.